Good morning. Y'all doing good? Good. All right, let me find. Okay. Okay. Do you guys know where this is? At the beach, right? Why do you go to the beach? To have fun? Yeah. What do you do? What do you do at the beach? You swim? What else? Play in the sand, build sand castles. What else do you do? Do you go out to eat? Or cook maybe at the house? That kind of stuff. We have sandwiches for lunch every day, which is awesome, right? <laughs> Until Friday, then it's not. Um, but what else? What, so what is that called when you go to the beach? It starts with a V. A vacation. What is a vacation for? To have time with your family, to relax. Right, so you can go somewhere different, um, and you're not at your house, and you don't have to do your normal stuff, right? You might not have to make up your bed every day. You might not have to keep your room as clean, um, that kind of stuff, right? Well, you know, vacations, we take a lot of vacations. We go to the beach in the summer, right? Sometimes we take vacations in the fall and that kind of thing, but right now is a big time for everybody to take vacations. So the cool thing is that in the book of Mark in the Bible that Jesus actually talks about taking a vacation. Did y'all know that? And that we need to take a vacation? I didn't know that, but I learned it um, when I was doing my lesson for today. So he actually talks about taking a vacation. So if you'll listen, he says, uh, I'm just going to summarize it out of Mark, but this is out of Mark 6, okay? So one day the disciples went to Jesus and told him how busy they had been teaching and ministering to the needs of people. There have been so many people coming and going that we sometimes don't even have time to stop and eat. They told Jesus, come with me to a quiet place so that you can get some rest, Jesus said to the disciples. So the Bible tells us that they got in a boat and went away with Jesus to a quiet place. So even Jesus says what? Yeah, go sit, take some time off and find a quiet place and get some rest. Do you rest when you're on vacation? Yeah, you do. And you sleep really good at night, right? Because you've been playing all day, so you sleep real long and good and hard, right? Sometimes um, I have a young little girl who's almost two, and she takes naps during the day. Do you guys ever take naps? Sometimes? Well, I like to, too, but those naps are quick little rest breaks, too, like Jesus talked about. So those are even good. If you're not on vacation, sometimes you can just rest and relax at your own house, in your backyard, or in your room. He's just telling us to take some quiet time, to get away from what we normally do, and just take care of ourselves. Does that sound pretty good? In the summertime, such a good time to do it, isn't it? Yeah, because it's so pretty outside. If you guys will bow your heads with me, we're going to pray and thank him. Dear Father, we thank you for work, for play, and for school. We also thank you for those times when we can get away from it all and get some rest. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 58. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
made us not forget during our prayer time to pray for these these victims of uh, Colorado and some that shooting and so sad and their families. Let us bow our heads now.
image of sermon. It may not reflect anything that was said that particular Sunday. I do bring a manuscript in that I noticed last Sunday after I was getting ready to email the file to Adam and to June that, well, about half of it was totally different than what I had written down. So just be warned if you try to get, you really need to hear the sermon because the Holy Spirit uh, makes the words. Our gospel lesson is John 14, verse 1 through 4. This is Jesus' words. If you have a red letter Bible, you can see there in red. And Jesus says, as he comforts his disciples, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the place, the way to the place where I am going. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you've enabled us this day to come, to be here, to be present in worship. May your Holy Spirit, with our spirit, under, help us to worship in truth, in spirit, and to understand what we do and what we say. May it be found acceptable in thy sight. You are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Now, you know, last week I was talking about living in the kingdom and about the communion of saints. Well, one of the things about living in the kingdom is our blessed assurance that we have as Christians. And this is best expressed to us in one of the oldest creeds and confessions we have, the Apostles' Creed. And that is expressed in the resurrection of the body. We say it every week here in this service. But this idea about the register, <laughs> you know, I grew up in Western North Carolina. Sometimes <laughs> with The resurrection of the body, though, is, a, is something that I have found that people uh, sometimes don't understand, and it's almost as hard to explain to them. And one of the things you have to know is, as you start discussing this a little bit is the history, a little history behind it. The religious groups in Jesus' day, the Pharisees and Sadducees, and even they disagreed over the belief in the resurrection of the body. Now, the belief in the spirit leaving the body of death and going to what they would call the bosom of Abraham, which was a, another way of saying heaven, was a long-established belief uh, system in Jesus' day. And almost all pagan religions in Jesus' time, and even today, uh, all other, almost all other religions, believe in a spirit world. So it's not hard for us to talk about the spirit leaving, but it's harder for us to talk about the resurrection of the body. That is something unique to our belief system as Christians. Now some religions believe the body is evil, and it's just a vessel to carry the spirit, and they believe that death, the spirit, is released from that evil body. And if any of you have ever been beside someone as they pass on, you know that you can almost feel, almost see the the spirit as it leaves the body. And yet, we know that this picture 
and the spirit leading the body is not all there is to this. Not as Christian believers. We believe in the resurrection of the body. Now we believe that this body that we put into the ground or that we make cremate, that that body will be recreated by God at a certain point in time and that spirit reunited and we'll have these new bodies. But it's hard sometimes for us to put our minds around this concept because we have seen and know that bodies deteriorate. The most secure thought will not stop the process. Once uh, someone who had toured down one of the plantations in Charleston was telling me that they, they went to on the tour, and one of the places on the tour was this tomb that it held all the family members all the way back to pre-revolutionary days of this particular family there in Charleston had this plantation. And it, in the later years, uh, no one wanted to be buried there anymore, and so at most time they were buried in other places. But then come along somewhere in the 70s, I think it was, and one of the nephews or someone decided they wouldn't be buried into that vault. So when they opened up the vault, guess what they found? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because you see, all those ancestors, all right, had just as the funeral village reads, had turned to dust. Dust to dust. Ashes to ashes. Earth to earth. Because it was before embalming and things like that. And there was nothing there. Nothing but dust. Dust. It reminds me of the story of a little boy who was who had attended a funeral with his parents. And after he got home, he was a little bit spooked over it all. And so he started looking around his room to make sure there wasn't anything there. And he looked under his bed, and he saw a clump of dust. And he ran to his mom, and he said, Come quick. There's somebody either coming or going under my bed. <laughs> well, whether you're coming or going, in our Christian faith, we believe that the body is God's creation, and that it cannot be evil. And indeed, we find many scriptures about the importance of using the body properly. And we know from various scripture verses of bodies rising again. One of the most colorful accounts is in the, is in the Old Testament, the book of Ezekiel, where we see the story of where bones put on flesh again and walk. And, and because of this account, we not only, in others, we not only believe in the resurrection of the body, but we believe in the resurrection of bodies. In other words, we believe in the resurrection of things. We believe in the resurrection of relationships and, 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 and the resurrection of churches and the resurrection of communities and the resurrection of our nation. We believe these things are possible because of our resurrection belief. We believe in a God who is in the resurrection business. Another account is, of course, of our Lord and Savior as he walked around first in the garden and then later he, he, he met Mary Magdalene and the others and the disciples and so we know because the Lord's appearing in bodily form we Christians have come to believe and accept the resurrection of things, especially the resurrection of the body. And because of our reverence for God's creation, we take great pains and show reverence for the body during the funeral rites marking a person's passage Death. And because of this belief, uh, it has, uh, uh, it, it, we also believe that God can resurrect our bodies and recreate them no matter what, whether they're be cremated or laid into the tomb. 
Now, in this, any, any time I talk about this a little bit, uh, somebody will always come along and, and say that they don't really want their bodies back. Yeah, have you think that way? <laughs> and you know what? I kind of concur with them because I've fought the battle of the bugs for a long time. I've fought them losing my hair prematurely. I've fought the fact that my ears have selective hearing, at least according to Brendan, and that my eyes sometimes can't see as I talked about before. And, and a nose, I don't know about you, you folks, but my nose it gives me a fit. And every time I move from one area satisfied to the other, there's some new bush or grass or something that sets it off for a while. And it takes me a while to get fixed to it. So I'm not so sure I want that new body, unless it's really a new body. I don't want my old body. So what kind of body are we going to get? Well, in the scripture reading that you heard from Lynn, 1 Corinthians 15 talks about this in the form of analogy of a seed. Now you children out here, I want you to listen up. I want you to go home and tell your parents that you want them to show you the resurrection of a seed okay, as it turns into a plant or a bush or whatever it turns, it's going to turn into, your corn, a tomato plant, whatever. That you want them to show that to you like Pastor Joseph was talking about. You see, the seed has no resemblance at all the way it comes. The seed is put in the ground, it dies, but in due time, it rises again, it is resurrected. And so Paul says it will be with our bodies, with our bodies. Now the next question that comes up is will we recognize each other? Well, all I can go on is what Scripture tells us, and, and, and that is that we recognize our Lord. Now if you think about that account, he was not he at first recognized because he had his new resurrected body. But he was recognized. So I believe, yes, with this new body that we'll receive in heaven, uh, we will, we will recognize each other. Look, scientists tell us that our bodies go through a 100% cellular change every seven years. So is anybody out here uh, age that is multiple of seven? In other words, are you seven? Are you 14? Are you 21? Are you 28? Anybody, anybody of multiple uh, divisions? You can divide seven into your age, okay? I mean, like, for example, if you're 35, that means your body, you've already had five new bodies. If you're 70, that means you've had how many? Ten. Ten new bodies already. And yet, people still recognize you, right? Except sometimes when you look at pictures, some old pictures, I don't know about you, but I look at some of my old pictures and I go, that's not me, that couldn't be me, no way that's me. But one thing, I have hair down here to my shoulders, okay? And I'm going, oh, I just had that hair now, you But we do, science tells us that we go through 100% cellular change every seven years. And yet, your family still recognizes you, your friends still recognize you. So, yes, our belief is that the body will be different, but it will be recognizable. And the differences will be joyful, resurrected differences. As Apostle Paul says, this body will be some a perishable body. But the new body will be raised in glory. It will be sown in weakness, raised in power. It will be sown in a physical body, raised in a spiritual body. We will be able to do with these new spiritual bodies 
God only knows. But you can be certain our capacities will be significantly improved. It's because of this and other things that I believe strongly in the resurrection of the body. And I believe strongly in the resurrection of things. I believe in the resurrection of relationships and situations and hurt feelings that can be turned into positive things. I believe in the resurrection of a church and the resurrection of a community and of a nation. And I believe that as we believe, we should behave. We should behave. And the Apostle Paul gives us some, some instructions on how we should behave. In the scriptures, he says, we should be steadfast. We should be immovable. We should excel in the work of the Lord. Because you know that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Forget what the media and everyone else will tell you, and all the naysayers, and there's cleaned up. Forget it, because the Lord will not let your labor be in vain. I believe in the resurrection of the body, a beautiful, wonderful spiritual body that will be given to me and to you as a reward for my steadfast belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is going to be glorious. Let me just finish with this quote that comes from John Killinger. I, I told you last week that Barbara Brown Taylor, if somebody forgot about it, writes an excellent book. John Killinger does too. John Killinger said, and I want to quote, he said about the resurrected body. He said, it will be glorious. It'll be like the hallelujah chorus in the flesh, embodied in a person. It will be like the sun breaking over the mountain in the early morning. It will be like a thousand mockingbirds all whistling and, and singing and yodeling in unison. Or like a flock of a million flamingos taking flight at once. It will be glorious. Or maybe around here we should say a million cardinals. We have lots of cardinals. All these beautiful cardinals. A bunch of them taking flight. It will be glorious. This is the point. So he says, don't worry about growing old, for in the fullness of time, God will give you a new spiritual body. In the meantime, our responsibility is to put the one we have in good use to the service of the Lord and the Lord's, the Lord Jesus Christ's church. That is what we're to do in the meantime as we wait with assurance 